You are listening to the Estheticians Earning More podcast with Brittany Hageman, episode 32. Welcome to the Estheticians Earning More podcast. On this podcast, we talk about how to love your esthetician business without the hustle, exhaustion, or overwhelm as it booms into a successful business. I teach simple ways how to approach your business that gives you your life back while still growing a profitable business. I grew BLH Beauty in San Diego to a six-figure business, and I learned a lot along the way, which I'm excited to share with you here. So let's get started. You guys, today's interview is so much fun. It is with Zyda Gordon. She's the owner of Skin Integrity in Los Angeles, California, where she opened in 2016 in a small studio like all of us and has grown into a huge business. She was uh, Face Reality's 2020 Esthetician of the Year recipient. And in today's interview, first of all, we laugh a lot. It's a really, really fun episode. Um, she shares a lot with us. She shares about how her personal life and her work life as an esthetician has intertwined in the most really beautiful way. Um, she talks about her first job at Bloomingdale's. She dishes some, some tea on celebrity clients and I was really overjoyed and excited. (laughs) Um, she really talks about her entrepreneurial, um, like gene that she has and how it really has been driving her in all of the decisions that she makes. Cause really Zyda is a businesswoman first. And you can definitely tell that by today's interview. And then she's just also this masterful esthetician and it's just so much fun to see the the blend of both. Um, and she, the, she really talks about trusting your gut and how important that is um, being a business owner. So grab a cup of tea, you guys, or a beverage of your choice and get comfortable because you will not want to miss today's episode. A quick side note, we recorded this on um, a really rainy day in the Bay Area. It was actually um, the most rain we've gotten in 30 30 years on a day. So the couple of times throughout the interview, it's kind of glitchy and you may miss a word one of us says because of the rain. So I'm sorry about that. Sorry, technical, technical difficulties. It's just what it is. (laughs) Thanks for your patience. Um, And I give you Miss Zyda Gordon. But before that, a quick word from our sponsor. Hi, Zaida. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. I um, am truly excited to hear your story because I, I went on your website and I saw actually a little bit about your like your history of becoming an esthetician recently, which I didn't know. And so I'm even more excited now to learn, you know, how you've built your business, how you've, you know, grown as an esthetician. And, um, you're definitely a, an inspiration in the acting community for sure. So I can't wait to hear all about it. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And I am honored to be on your podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So tell me how it started. So you, um, like what you did, if, if you did something before you were an esthetician or have you been doing esthetician since high, high school or tell me how it all started for you? Um, okay, sure. So I, it probably started with my just aesthetics and beauty 
and skincare from a really young age. My mom was a really feminine person and loved products. So I was obsessed with playing with all of her products and her makeup and giving myself a little makeover because I was kind of an ugly duckling. Oh, I had the, <laughs> oh, the uni brow, you know, the thick glasses, the uni brow, the frizzy hair. So when I oh. found out that, you know, I'm like, oh, I can, I can change that. You know, we can do transformations and makeovers. So from a really young age, I loved, you know, everything to do with beauty. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know what an esthetician did. I didn't know anything about the spa world or too much of that until a little later in life. So, um, you know, I worked at various jobs. I worked at Disneyland. I worked as a server. I worked for a property management company, retail. Wow. Always, yeah, but always in the service industry, always mm -hmm. working with a lot of um, other people and you know, executives. So um, let's see, when did I decide? So at some point, you know, I was doing makeup artistry, just kind of dabbling in that nothing you know really serious but I did you know I just loved everything to do with aesthetics and uh at some point I I realized what an esthetician did and I, I thought gosh that sounds like something I would really love to do um you know work in a spa setting that sounded amazing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I, I was recently married. I had my daughter. I was really young. I was about, I want to say 22. Um, okay. So, you know, I had gone to college, but I had left college because I, I got married and had my daughter. So I didn't really, I, I didn't love the idea of going right back to college and like, you know, continuing taking my general ed classes. I thought, you know, maybe now is a perfect time to go to trade school, get my esthetician license and have that under my belt. And I can still go back to college a little later, but I thought mm -hmm. now is a good time to kind of pivot and maybe, you know, do something that I'm like, I felt really aligned with mm -hmm. the aesthetics industry. It just seemed like a natural kind of fit. Mm -hmm. So went to esthetician school and immediately loved it. I mm. was like at the top of my class. It just came really naturally. Um, you know, I loved being around other women. And I was going through some like little, you know, personal things in my life, you know, getting married a little bit too young, mm. <laughs> had, had some challenges. So mm -hmm. I actually really, I felt really grateful to have that environment of women who were really supportive so mm. without even realizing it I was kind of like in the best place I could have been wow at that time of my life so yeah so that worked out really well because I felt a little bit more empowered um moving forward just in like my personal life but so I finished aesthetic school I love it and I'm thinking you know where is my first job gonna be and mm -hmm. during aesthetic school I had worked the front desk at a hair salon and worked the front desk at a medical spa. So kind of got to see a little bit of the ins and outs of the business. Um, and I did enjoy it, but I definitely was really eager to do more hands-on, you know, more like a spa setting. I, mm -hmm. I knew that I definitely loved, when we were in school, I definitely loved doing facials. So I, mm -hmm. I knew that, yeah, getting out of there, that was probably going to be um, my area of focus. 
So my first job out of esthetician school um, as a licensed esthetician was actually at Bloomingdale's at the Beverly Center. And I was, yeah, I was at a, a skincare counter. And at first the job sounded, it sounded really neat at first, but I very quickly realized that it was extremely boring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't at like one of the really cool skincare counters. I would look at the girls working at Mac and they were having a blast. They were having so much fun over there. And it's like crickets over at our skincare counter. I think the line was called um, Borghese. Borghese. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one before. It's an old school line. But yeah, yeah. So I'm working that counter and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. But, you know, it was my first job. I was a little green. So I did my time there. And um, a friend of mine from esthetician school mentioned to me that there was a spa in Santa Monica that was hiring and she already had her job. So she passed it along to me. I interviewed. I got the job. It was my first job as a facialist. Um, That job I ended up being at for 10 years. Wow. Yes. But during that time, I also worked part-time at a couple of other places. So I worked for a celebrity nurse. I worked for um, a plastic surgeon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I worked at a lot of really, really amazing and and really well-known places still in like the Santa Monica area. So Mm -hmm. was, you know, building my little clientele that would you know, always like repeat, you know, the repeat mm-hmm. clients and mm-hmm. some of them would follow me from spa to spa, which was so nice. But um, at the spa that I worked at for 10 years, we were more of like a wellness day spa. So we worked with a lot of, or we worked with Eminence Organic mm-hmm. Care. I did a lot mm-hmm. of trading with them. I worked for them um, briefly, like at the trade shows. And I was very much obsessed with, you know, the organic skincare and uh, we did a lot of like detoxifying treatments, a lot of holistic treatments. Mm-hmm. But what we didn't do a lot of were corrective skin. Mm-hmm. That kind of seemed to be where, you know, there was there was some you know education lacking. That at the time I didn't know about um, the advanced acne courses. So mm. that came a little later. But I was at least able to really um, grow my you know, knowledge and expertise in, in holistic skincare and organic skincare. And, uh, and that was, it was fun. It was a lot of years of being able to be a trainer and lead esthetician. Wow. And they, yeah, they gave me a lot of room to grow and to design the protocols and help design the menus. And that was obviously really helpful later on when I went out on my own. Yeah. I, that is so fascinating because so often you will see and hear of estheticians bouncing around a lot from spa to spa or place to place. And so it's really interesting to me that you were somewhere for 10 years. I mean, that just shows like your level of commitment and, you know, how much you really probably grew as an esthetician and really put your time into yes. your knowledge. You know, it wasn't like, yeah. you know, I think there's, um, you know, there's this this idealized version of being an esthetician where people think they'll graduate school and then just open a business and it'll be great and easy. Not to say you can't do that, but you know, the, you yeah. know, you learn on someone else's dime, which is amazing because you, by the yeah. time you opened your business, you had a wealth of knowledge yeah. that you didn't have to gain on your own. Right. Personal yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I personally can't imagine having <laughs> opened up my own thing right out of school. I think there was, 
just an invaluable amount of knowledge to be gained by working, you know, by watching other business owners and watching, mm-hmm. um, you know, the daily operations of a business and um, mm-hmm. yeah, the ins and outs. I mean, it, it's, it's not for, you know, the, uh, it's not, you have to really, you have to really be, be ready to take on a lot. So I commend the, the face, the estheticians that are able to do it right out of school. I think that's incredible. Um, but for me, I, I think <laughs> I really needed to <laughs> work for a lot of different, um, businesses and also kind of learn what, what exactly I love to do because I was working at, like I said, a more, you know, holistic type spa, but then mm-hmm. went on to work for a more um, medical spa. And, and that gave me the opportunity to learn a lot more corrective and advanced skincare treatments. Um, and so that's actually what I love to do these days is I love to do both. You know, we integrate the two and it, so it never gets boring that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that estheticians get bored because they do the same thing over and over again. So I think that's really genius of you actually. So, okay. So you, have you, are you always been based out of Los Angeles area? Um, I, I worked for a little while in Orange County when we lived there for a while, but yeah, most of the, most of the time was the, we were on the West side in Santa Monica and Los Angeles. um, And then we moved over to the East side Silver Lake, Glendale area. And a lot of my clients came over, but, you know, I also kind of had to start over when we did that transition. Um, but it, it worked out really well. But that was that recent that you just moved or is this a different move that I'm thinking uh, of? So it, my pattern has been <laughs> every two years, my business outgrows the space. That's kind of Got been it. like, you know, looking back at how uh-huh. it's been going. So we recently moved about eight weeks ago. We did move into uh, our current space, but we, I was in Santa Monica for 10 years before we moved over to the east side, which, uh, you know, that's where we are now. And so that's been the last three years we've been on the east side. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So let's, so I, I skipped ahead. So, yeah. so, okay. So you've been working other um, businesses for 10 years, growing your skills, working for corrective skincare, learning more about corrective treatments. Um, that at that point, is that when you opened your own business? So, okay. So after working at the spa, the main spa mm-hmm. um, for the two women that were chiropractors and they had the, you know, the, um, the holistic spa, um, I had my daughter Avery and I actually ended up in the ICU and <gasps> I almost wow. died. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but of course at the time it was very serious. Uh, wow. But after going through that whole thing, I think that was kind of a pivotal time in my life because I knew that I wasn't going to go back to my job. Um, The the maternity leave came and went and I was thinking to myself, I don't see myself going back to my regular job. I needed something more lucrative and Mm. I needed a lot more flexibility with my schedule. I needed to be able to really make my own schedule because, Mm. you know, as you know, when you're building a family. Yeah. um, there's a lot of time that you have to be with your family and things come up. And I knew that I had to work for myself in order to kind of create that work-life balance, which is kind of hilarious because then I'm an entrepreneur and there's like, where is the work-life balance? Now I'm working 24-7. Um, 
and but you, know, oh, you yeah. have an idea and yeah. you think, you know, I, I want to fulfill my dreams. I want to do this. So I, I just went for it. I had like a little bit of courage, I think, having gone through that kind of, you know, traumatic thing after the birth of Avery. Um, and I felt that if I'm going to do something on my own, this is the time. Like, you know, wow. this ha- it has to be now. So I, I was looking for a place to rent. I found another esthetician who had put out an ad and she was looking for somebody to share a space with her. Okay. Um, and I actually, I learned, I learned a bit from her cause she was a much more seasoned esthetician. She had a large uh, spa or not large spa. She had a waxing studio that was very successful and she had to go in a different direction. So okay. I kind of learned from her. And at the beginning, to be honest, it was very hard. I was having a little trouble. There wasn't social media. I, I okay. wasn't on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. None of that, none of that was happening, or if it was, I wasn't a part of it. So, okay. you know, everything was word of mouth and, you know, it was kind of like the old school word uh-huh. of mouth um, and just, you know, promoting yourself and putting yourself out there. And uh, yeah, as you know, that can <laughs> be a little hard at first. Yeah. There were yeah. times I remember. Um, so at that point I had remarried, had the new husband and new husband was like you know are you sure you want to maybe work at a spa and uh you know they, they pay really well and, oh, yeah. and, and I'm looking at him like he has no idea his what he had no idea what he signed up for poor guy but you know he he married a person that had a really strong entrepreneurial gene in her because yeah. my mom was also an entrepreneur and okay. my grandmother was an entrepreneur so wow you know I didn't know that that was going to happen, but it did. And so then he was stuck. He was stuck with a wife that was like, I'm (laughs) doing all these things. And it's very untraditional. And uh, he's a pharmacist. So he was like, I like to clock in and clock out. Yes. Not not take my work home. And I'm like, right. That's great for you. But I have a different kind of plan for myself. (laughs) You you know, that's so interesting. What you said about the like the entrepreneurial gene. And I think that you either have it or you don't. And I think when people really suffer with businesses, because they really just don't want, they don't want, they want the the advantages of a business, but not the, the hardness of a business. If you don't have that, that gene in you, you, you just won't, you don't care enough to overcome it. Right. Um, and it's really interesting because when I, um, I got married and two months after I got married, I opened my business, like quit my job, opened my business, the same thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the same thing. And I think my husband at the time was like, um, okay, so what? So what are we doing? What just happened? What's that going to look like as far as a paycheck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you were making pretty good money. Why are you walking away from that? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, um, and you don't make a lot of money at the beginning and you work right. all the time. And so then you're like, yeah, so it is, there is this, um, yeah. Yeah, there is this like you have to believe. It sounds like you have belief in yourself, even though you didn't have evidence, <laughs> and that pushed you forward. You have to, right? Yes. In order to build a yes. business, you have to have yes. belief in yourself enough to push you forward, even though you don't have the evidence yet that you can have the successful business. Like, yeah, you were successful. Absolutely. Else, 
but you just went to work every day. You weren't responsible for clients in your, in your treatment room. Um, obviously you did, you know, retention and all that stuff, but Absolutely. ultimately you were just getting paid to go to your job. But right. when you opened a business, like you don't have evidence that you have, that you were going to have this huge business that you have today. Right. And how many years ago was that? What year did you open? Um, so that, so 2016 is when I finally left my job and transitioned okay. into being a solo esthetician. Okay. Um, but it was really more like 2017 where I was, where I finally got, you know, my own very tiny, but own little studio out of a hair okay. salon. And, you know, it was a little closet, but it was mine and, yeah. and I loved it. And it felt so good to be able to just work for myself and, you know, slowly again, building the clientele in another, you know, part of LA and still having some people come over, which felt so good. You know, you get that. Mm -hmm you know, that support means everything when you have your little, I call them groupies, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> your clients that are, they're there from, from day one. Yes. So it felt great to know that I still had their support. Um, and, uh, and let's see. And then from there, I outgrew that space, um, became a certified face reality acne specialist. Okay. And I think that's, that was another pivotal moment because, the results that I was able to get for my clients at that time, really, I mean, it just, it just shifted into like, you know, much, much better, much faster and much more predictable results. Yes. Which was huge because I saw an immediate shift in re client referrals and mm. in feedback and results. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. That was amazing. And again, pivotal moment where I realized, okay, this is going to be a huge game changer for my business because, uh, you, you know, like I, like I just mentioned, all of those things yeah. suddenly um, were, were, were just going so well. Um, so outgrew the tiny little studio, moved into a more uh, a larger studio in Silver Lake, which is close to Hollywood. And mm -hmm. at, at that time, face reality was really great and they actually sent me Miley Cyrus and I was like are you kidding me because you worked with Miley Cyrus I was wondering who it was I, I knew Miley Cyrus would work with someone oh sorry I interrupted yeah. you but I knew someone <laughs> I knew someone was working because I knew at the time amazing. it was happening but it was a secret and so I didn't know so I'm like I'm so excited I finally That's found so out funny. okay tell me everything um I'm, I have so much to thank face reality for because you know, here I am, I have my own little baby business. It's been in business for like two years. And, and then they send me this client and I'm like, really? That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so wow. that, that kind of, that was another really cool moment. Um, as far as, you know, my own business and my life and, uh, Wait, and can we pause for a second? Sure. I have so many questions <laughs> yes. before you continue. Yes. Um, so were you super intimidated to work with Miley Cyrus? Were you like oh my freaking gosh. out? You know what? Thank God that I had worked when I worked for a celebrity, um, that nurse, the, um, okay. I worked for nurse Jamie. At, you worked for nurse Jamie. So I was I, wondering if you have worked for her. Okay. I did. I worked for her and that I think was so helpful because when you work in Santa Monica, naturally there's going to be some celebs coming into the spa and sure. so there had been like Zoe Deschanel, the guy from Grey's Anatomy, some, a bunch of people would come every, you know, every now and then to our spas. 
Um, uh-huh. And sometimes they'd film a show, this and that. And then when I worked at the med spa, that was a heavy, heavy celeb. <laughs> okay. Celeb place where it was like the real housewives of Beverly Hills and, you know, um, a bunch of like celebs that I had to work on. Angie Harmon, all these people who were like pretty big. And yeah. um, so that, that got me a little more comfortable. And that okay. way I wasn't awkward when... <laughs> When they yeah. came to my own business, but yes, it was a little intimidating because here I am, I have a pretty, you know, pretty modest and pretty humble. It was probably like a 450 square foot studio yeah. inside yeah. of Bar Method, which is like a, you know, a workout oh, studio. I know what Bar Method is. I do Bar yeah. Method. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, a little studio with another business. <laughs> Um, and it's just me, and, uh, but they send her and apparently the owner, uh, Laura had been working oh. with her at some point, but I think Laura is the one that really got her skin clear. Cause by the time she came to me, her skin looked amazing. I can't okay. even take the credit for that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but that was really great. And so after, after that, she referred some, her her or her people, I don't know. They referred some other people and I was able to work on the weekend a couple times, which was also equally as cool. Wow. Um, so yeah, a lot, okay, so, lot of really cool moments. Uh-huh. Wow. So, um, okay. So you are in this, you know, typical solo esthetician space where, you know, we all have right that's yes. normally the, the thing and now you have these celebrities coming in um did you yeah. raise your prices yes. did you okay so what yeah. did you like what did you do from a business so, standpoint yeah so usually at the beginning of each year there is going to be a bit of a price increase just like okay. generally speaking we find that that is probably a good time to to make that move so so every year there has been a bit of a price increase and I was finding there was, you know, a little bit of like a supply and demand uh-huh. situation happening where yeah. I was finding myself start increasingly booked and at times, you know, having to turn down people and the acne boot camp program had kicked off. It was doing really well. Um, luckily, you know, very grateful it was doing well. And I, I hired a part-time assistant to help me at the studio with, um, you know, like inventory and products and unboxing and general things like that, because Mm -hmm. it was starting to get a little hard for me to do everything. Yes. Um, There comes a time where you find that you're a little flustered and you're starting to get a little too, you know, you're wearing a little bit too many hats. Yes. 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 Yeah. So in, uh, like I think it was 2019, um, when things were really, things were really busy, I decided to hire a studio assistant, part-time studio assistant. And that was, that was a great move. That was really helpful. I should have done it sooner, but let's Um, see. Yeah. So a lot of my esthetician clients are kind of at that point in their business that you just described where they're wearing all the hats. And sometimes that means they're going to end up doing what you did is hire an assistant or sometimes you can hire another esthetician or either just totally raise other prices to the point that they really just only, you know, take a certain amount of people so that they can um, just work, you know, work less, but make more. So um, why did you decide to hire an 
an assistant and how did that go about like with the hiring process and training and, and what do you have fears around it? And uh, so it was actually a client of mine who I had known for several years. She was more of like a family friend at that point because she had helped us with a couple of jobs at our home. Okay. Um, she had helped us with our children because she also oh. did like part-time nanny stuff. And she had a background in um, holistic, um, holistic medicine. So her and I would have a lot of conversations and I just, I really liked her as a person and I don't remember exactly how it came up in conversation, but okay. I knew that she had worked at a spot like the front desk before. And one day I asked her if she would be interested in possibly helping me at the studio. And she said she would love to. So the timing worked out well for the two of us because she was available and I needed the help. Um, and it, and it definitely, you know, it did free up some time for me to work on the business versus a little bit, you know, less in the business. The admin, right. Yes, exactly. Because Yeah, you don't need to be yes. doing inventory. Yeah. You don't need to be unboxing products. Don't yeah, you don't need boxes yeah. and products and just, you know, organizing. The list goes Cleaning. on. And, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Never all of that. So you okay. need, okay. you need you, a lot of people. Yeah. Were you still in the bar method studio? I was still you- there. Okay. Yeah. Still there when, uh, let's see, and then. I believe not too long after that COVID is okay. when I'm trying to think, let's see. Yeah. 2018 is when things were really kind of starting to pick up. And when I became the certified acne specialist and then 2019 COVID happened and obviously that was devastating and very scary. So I pretty much brought home like half of my studio. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Part of my home became a packing and shipping warehouse, (laughs) much, much to my husband's horror. (laughs) The poor guy is like always trying to move all of my stuff to the garage because (sighs) it just never ends. I mean, it's just like boxes and boxes every day. He's like, you have another package. You have another (laughs) package. Your husband should talk to my yeah. husband because he just, we, I don't, you know, I still ship a lot of product out a yeah. week. I, I ship probably five to $600 of product out a week. Oh, wow. And I don't, I mean, I, it's out of my home as well. And so it's in my master closet and yeah. there's just product in boxes everywhere. Yeah. And my husband's like, what are we doing with the product? I'm like, we aren't doing anything. What do you want? You can do whatever you want. I'm not doing anything. It is what it is. Okay. This is how it's going to be. <laughs> Oh, he hates so it so much. relatable. So like every cabinet that's in our hallway in our home that you open, it's like, oh, more products. Oh, I have to send you a picture of my baby going through my products. <laughs> oh, I and they're everywhere awesome. around like her. That. And I'm like, and like, yeah. So it, yeah. Okay. That so sums we- up your life in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. That was my life. There was a point in time <sighs> when, right when I was becoming a solo esthetician, um, I forgot to mention this, but. I began making facial oils. So at oh. the yes, at the spa that I was at for ten years, um, where we were using a lot of Eminence organic skincare, there came a point where I had been doing research and I had been trying um, essential oils and facial oil blends. So I actually created my own little line of facial oils. And wow! Yeah, the owners were so gracious and so kind to let me. Uh, retail my facial oils at the spa 
And I I loved that encouragement and that support. Um, But so at home, it was like, oh, so does like a witch work? Does a witch live here? Or like, does a, you know, like a chemist? Or I'm like, I'm like a witch chemist. I don't know. But I had part of our, you know, like dining room, kitchen, hallway. It was all of my oils. And it was nutso at times where my husband was like, oh my God, what is going on? You know? And he comes from a medical background that's yes. You have your normal job, you know, you don't bring it home, you clock in and out. And then here's his wife and she's (laughs) like, I'm going to make all these potions. And anyway, so fun times. But yeah, that just reminded me when you mentioned that, you know, your closets are full of your inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And then my esthetician coaching, I send stuff to my estheticians is now that that's everywhere. And Nick's like, oh. we need to figure out a system. And I'm like, I don't have a system. My system is what it is. We just, this is what it is. Like, that's all I can do for you. Oh, my oh man. Okay. So, okay. So you, um, COVID happened. You start shipping products out like crazy. Yes. And, then- and we start going really heavy with the virtual consultations. Okay. Um, I think face reality was really great about promoting the people that, you know, partnered with them and being yes. like, Hey, if you go on our website, you can see who's doing a virtual uh, program. And right. then, you know, luckily social media at this time was, was huge and really helpful because we were able to reach a lot of people and be like, Hey, virtual consultations, let's do it. Um, and that, that kept me really busy. And, um, and even though it was challenging because suddenly your home is your office and, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's a warehouse, packing and shipping warehouse, um, but at least we were able to still keep the business going, keep the momentum going, keep the relationships with our clients um, mm-hmm. and, and not feel like overwhelmed with like just the heaviness of the global pandemic. It, yes. It was, it was a really good distraction. Um, and, and yeah, thanks to having the, we already had the virtual thing going program going, but it really, it really went into like full gear. We kicked it into high gear during, you know, the shutdown because yeah, it had to be that way. Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. So when did you go back to work? Uh, so I believe it was, let's see. So last year, so I believe the restrictions were lifted at uh, early, early this year. So January, um, I moved into a bit of a larger studio and at that point, uh, oh, face reality had given me the award for, yeah. So they gave me the acne expert of the year award, which was so amazing and it obviously you know it brought us a little bit of attention it brought the business Mm -hmm. more clientele and then things started getting really busy again so we went (laughs) from like you know a little bit quiet during COVID not seeing too many clients because of all the constant closing and reopening to then we move into this really cute larger space but then it's like zero to a hundred after getting the acne expert of the year award. We had a lot of people reaching out, trying to get a consultation. And I, at that point I realized I need to hire somebody because I was turning down 
a lot of, I was having trouble keeping up with um, responding to emails, you know, uh -huh. appointment requests, having trouble just being able to keep up with all the demands and all the, the requests for appointments. And I know it's a good problem to have, of course. Yeah, 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 but, but it's did. still a big problem. But yes, so I found myself having to turn down all this business. And I'm like, this is so silly. I would love to have, and I was referring out. So I'd be like, I'm not available, but there's this acne specialist in this area, not too far. Um, but at a, at a point I realized, I think that it would be best for me to not be in the treatment room as much because I had gotten a little taste of that when we were shut down and I had mm -hmm. to work from home. I was like, you know, maybe I don't need to be in the treatment room yeah. that yeah. much because, right. you know, 15 years or at that point it was 14 years of, you know, being physically in the treatment room. I thought maybe now is a good time to step a little bit away from that to work on other parts of the business and perhaps find a really amazing person to kind of, you know, give some of the clients to train and have them help and, mm -hmm. you know, be a part of the team. So I got super lucky. I cannot even tell you. I, I met Jessica, who is the esthetician that I hired. I met her through Instagram. Okay. We just became fast friends. She actually reached out because she wanted to try face reality products at the time, she was not an acne specialist, but she was an esthetician of, I think she had been an esthetician for three years at that point, but okay. she was not an acne specialist. So she wanted to try face reality. We did a virtual consultation. She purchased her products and she became like a virtual client of mine. Okay. And I loved her personality. One day she came to the studio. I met her in person. She was the loveliest human being. And I, I always thought about her in case in the future, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time, I thought if there yeah. comes a time, I'm going to reach out to her and see if perhaps um, she would like a job. So that, right. that day came, I reached out to her and she, she was more than happy to help and, you know, become a part of the team. And I was ecstatic. I had a really good feeling about it from the beginning. I had a great feeling about it. Um, even though it, I would have thought I would have been more fearful, but for some right. reason, there's some things that they line up so well that your gut is not telling you this is, you know, it's not, yes. it's not, it's not like screaming at you, like, be careful. It was more like, no, this is, this is a good move. You should, yeah. you should just go for it. Don't be scared. Just go for it. So hired her. She's been amazing. She became a certified acne specialist. And what's great is that she has her own personal journey. So I think that's been really helpful for her in relating to her clients because mm -hmm. she has a, a very, a good healing touch and she's very good at, you know, relaxing facials and mm. healing facials, but now she's learning more advanced and corrective treatments. So it's just been beautiful to also kind of watch her clientele get the results that um, they've been getting. And I'm, I'm really proud of her and so happy, just thrilled to have her on the team. I mean, she's sound, it, it's what's so interesting is it sounds like, you know, well, one of the things that I think estheticians that are in the shoes that you were in um, are afraid of, you know, if they, if they decide they want to hire, but they're, they're not hiring because they're afraid of all the things that could go wrong. And I love that your story kind of shows the opposite of that and that you really, um, like what you trusted your gut, but like, can you remember like 
you know, was it her energy? Was it her personality? I mean, you said she was yeah. a very lovely person. Like, yes. She, what, so what was I, it that really helped you with that decision? It was mostly her personality. I, mm-hmm. of course, you know, before I hired her, I did get a facial from her. But, okay, good. But, but it, you know, I feel like personality is huge. You know, yeah. you, can, yeah. you can teach a person how to do these treatments, but if the energy isn't right or if the personality isn't great, because we work so closely with people and, you know, oftentimes we do build relationships. So yes, it has to be somebody who is empathetic, compassionate, has, you know, a healer's touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she fit all of that. She was very charismatic as well. And uh, yeah. So she, she just was, she's everything. <laughs> it, so it also kind of sounds like, you know, you really, um, for lack of a better word, you really like trusted the way that your body felt, like you felt secure, you felt, you, you felt good about, you know, it wasn't like you were saying there wasn't a part of you that was like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was like, Oh yeah. no, this is the right decision. Yeah. It was very clear to you. Yeah. Very clear. I think there's, you know, there's times in our lives where our, our gut will, you know, if you have a lot of anxiety over something, I think oftentimes we need to take a moment and think, mm-hmm. why is my body telling, like, you know, you yes. physically, you can physically feel unwell. Yes. There's been times yes. where I almost signed on something like before my current studio, I almost signed on a space that inside was absolutely perfect, but on the outside, you know, there had, there was parking situations. The next door neighbor was a bar, but I was mm. really trying to convince myself because it was so beautiful inside. I tried to convince myself. And the day before signing, I actually had like a panic attack and that was my body's screw. It was yes. saying, do not do this. Do not go through with this. And so I really listened and I think our bodies will tell us things will manifest physically. <laughs> yes. You know, things will manifest physically when you're you're either not on the right path or maybe you're uh, about to make a, a wrong decision. But on the flip side, I think, you know, you can feel, you just feel really good when you're, you just know, you just know sometimes and you feel good when uh, the decision is appropriate. Yeah. And I think that that's probably why one of the many reasons that you're such a successful business owner, because you do trust your body, your instincts, your body, your body, you know, you, like you said, you manifest what it is and you like, you know, and I, you know, I think every successful estheticians could tell you stories like that where they almost did something, almost said yes to something. And then it was like, Oh no, something's not right. I can't, I'm not going to do that. And really listening to yourself is, is key. Yes. Even if other people around you were all telling you the complete opposite. I mean, my own story, you know, I, I decided I, when I opened BLH Beauty, I was going to focus on acne. And most people were like, that's the worst idea ever. You're never going to have a business oh, in the Oh, no. House. I didn't know that everybody was telling you that. Yes. That's awful. I know. Isn't it funny? I mean, it's kind of ironic now. So you ironic. Know? Um, but it's funny that that was the You the showed them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's also just people's lack of knowledge, right? And they don't really right. know how it works and stuff. So um, it's different than the, the, the average mold. So, okay, so do you still have your studio assistant as well? So you have two employees? Yes. So I have a, a different studio assistant now. She's been okay. with me for since uh, the beginning of the year. And so has Jessica. So both of them, you know, when we reopened and things started really booming, I hired a, a different assistant. The other one moved away. And we're still really good friends. 
maybe one day she'll come back. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I have, uh, yeah, Stephanie, who's the assistant, and then Jessica, who is the esthetician. Um, and yeah, about eight weeks ago, we moved into a larger space. So now we have two treatment rooms plus our office, which is also our like, you know, shipping and packing um, area. Uh, so now it feels so good to be able to spread out more and have, you know, all the yes. space we need. So super happy about that. Your husband must be so thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Now everything goes to the office and not the office, which is in the corner of my bedroom, which is right. my desk in my bedroom. No, now it's actually out of the house. <laughs> oh, I know. Gosh, it's so funny. Uh, okay. So, so, um, what if you can think of a piece of advice or a mistake that you made or a challenge that you had to, you kind of shared with a couple already, but mm -hmm. is there something that you feel was very, um, you know, mistake or something that you think that would be helpful for other estheticians that are kind of maybe two years behind you or brand new yeah. business owners? Uh, definitely. One of the things that <laughs> I can think back that I used to do a lot of, and now I'm a lot more selective, but I used to try a lot of things that were either trendy or that looked cool yeah. or, you know, and, yeah. and, and that didn't always work out. So once you really kind of streamline, focus, niche down on what is going to be your specialty, because there's going to be, it can be overwhelming with so many different services and so many different gadgets, so many different yes. machines. So I spent a lot of money trying different machines and perhaps some, you know, skincare lines that sounded kind of cool, but maybe I didn't research them for a long. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it is a little bit of money wasted, but this is also how you learn and how you guess, right. You know, we learned yes. from our mistakes. So, um, so even though I do feel like there was a lot of money wasted in some of these machines and things that just kind of sat there collecting dust, it's, it's a learning experience, but I do wish that I had kind of stuck with, you know, just kind of tried to focus more on, okay, if this is my specialty, then I'm not going to try these different waxing products or mm -hmm. eyelashes. You know, I spent money trying to learn how to do eyelashes, even though I kind of had a feeling I'm probably not going to love it, but it's so lucrative. Let me try it. Everybody wants lashes. So yeah. you know, that was a little bit of waste of my time, but I had to do it to learn that I absolutely am never going to be doing <laughs> that that is not for me <laughs> but, yeah but yeah sometimes you have to try a different you know some some different things but I would say really try try to just focus on what is your passion you know what is it that you really want to specialize in and don't spend too much money on other things that might just look really cool because they're trendy um yeah. And I think that's such a, that is such a good point because especially in the social media age where you go on and everyone's doing these cool, cool looking different things. You're like, well, I want that. Or my clients are saying they want that, but yeah, really staying true to like what it is that you do. You actually yes. can save so much money than if you're going out and buying yes. all the new things, Yes, you know? And, um, yeah, I did the same thing with sugaring. I, before I was, mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. owner, I tried to learn sugaring. I spent yeah. hundreds maybe yeah. upwards of a thousand dollars trying to learn yeah. sugaring 
Yes. And you know, it just wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I didn't, yeah. didn't like anything about it, but it was, it's so lucrative. It's been so there. lucrative. Mm-hmm. Been there. Yes, but it just, I just, yeah, I, we could talk about it for an yeah. hour about how much yeah. I didn't like it. And I tried, but, um, and yeah, oh, and, so then, and I then think another thing that I was thinking that I wish I had learned sooner, and it's something that I've heard you talk about a lot, which I think is so important creating boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Because as you know, we love our clients and Mm -hmm. sometimes we're people pleasers Mm -hmm. and that is a slippery slope because Mm -hmm. people will take advantage of you. And I feel like if I could go back and talk to my younger SD, it would be like, please create more boundaries as soon as possible. Yeah. Because it shouldn't, I mean, it took me over 10 years to learn to create boundaries. Um, and it's huge because that way you are able to say, okay, I'm going to turn off my phone or, you know, I'm not going to respond to texts after, you know, 8 PM, 9 PM, 10 PM there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, most businesses, they're not going to no. respond to a text message from you after regular business hours. Of course not. Because we have, you know, this kind of unique situation with our clients where we develop a relationship. It's it's a slippery slope. And anyhow, mm-hmm. so just creating those boundaries where you, you kind of have to train your clients to know this is acceptable, or if this is not an emergency, you'll get an email back, you know, within 24 hours. We do want to be timely, but there are, yes. there are boundaries. Yeah. And I think what you just said, you know, essentially you're training your clients and if they, if there's predictability, if they know, you know, you know, Brittany opens on Tuesdays at 10 AM, mm-hmm. that means by 11 AM at the latest, I'll hear from her if I email mm-hmm. her on Sunday. Right. You know, and, and, and I always will, I always will email back by that time. And so really yeah. having that predictability for yeah. them. So they know, you know, like, you know, she's not going to respond at this time, but she will respond when she's open and she will right. respond promptly when she's open. Exactly. And really have in it, but it, it is, it is a slippery slope. That is the best way to describe it. Cause you kind of go, Oh, well this, it's okay this time. And maybe we'll do this, this next time. And the next thing yeah. you know, you're like, okay, everybody. Yeah. We need to- <laughs> yeah. Another, another thing that I used to do a lot of that. I wish that I had learned again, boundaries, uh, working on your day off. Mm. <laughs> yep. That one also took me a really long time for, for many, many years. I would work on Sundays and, I, I felt like I sacrificed a lot of time away from family or going out with friends, self-care, things like that. Um, and believe it or not, those are things that I still struggle with. It's like, a, it's like an ongoing struggle, but just mm. trying not to work too much, even if it's working from home, but trying not to work too much on yeah. your days off so that that way you feel refreshed, you feel, you know, re-energized and restored when you are able to go back to the treatment room and see your clients, you actually do feel like, okay, I had some downtime. Now I'm ready to go again. Yep. Yeah. Working on your day, days off or time off and not having boundaries with the clients, I swear, are the two reasons most estheticians burn out and then end yeah. up resenting and hating their business yeah. and hating their clients. Cause they're like, I'm working all the time. I'm all helping the- you guys all the time you guys are contacting me all the time. I hate this. I need a break from all of you. And it's, it kind of becomes this really vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to create those boundaries and to create 
really being strict with your schedule and saying like, you know, I just, I, I don't, I just don't work at those times, you know, I, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that. I think that's, that is, you know, one of my big goals with this podcast and my business, um, it really is what you just said is, you know, teaching estheticians to have boundaries and to be able to take time off and really enjoy their time off. And then of course, making money and, and really raising those prices. I love that you said that you raise your prices every year. Like it's, it just is what you do is you should be raising your prices. You're more experienced, you're busier, like let's keep rising them because there's this, 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 I mean, maybe not definitely in other parts of the country there's this like well we shouldn't do that because we're helping them and we want to help them if we raise we've raised our prices then we can't help them anymore because they can't afford us so that this is my last question for you because I, I don't want to take too much of your time but what would you say to someone that has that kind of mentality well yeah. I think I think a person has to really look at how much are they bringing to the table how much education how many years of experience how much knowledge. I mean, if you think about it, you know, when you're, when you're every year, like you said, you know, every year we're growing, we're getting more education. We are, you know, able to bring more to the table and teach our clients, you know, that we get excited when we take a new class and learn a new thing. And then we bring that, you know, to the treatment room and our clients get to, um, you know, reap the benefits of that. But just like, just like most businesses and, and in life, you know, things, the cost of living goes up and the mm-hmm. cost of our supplies. I mean, after COVID, as you know, you know, supplies are sometimes limited. Supplies are so much more expensive and yeah. people understand that naturally that is going to create a price increase. Um, so depending on, you know, where you live and, you know, like you were saying, it's a little different in LA, of course, things are a little bit more expensive naturally, but you, you shouldn't be trying to find a client that just is looking for a deal. You don't want to be the discount girl and you don't want to be the person that has affordable treatments because is that the ideal client that you want if if that's the client that you want because you're just trying to fill your books okay that's fine but you have to really think about is that your ideal client or do you want a person that has no problem you know paying what you're worth like perhaps it's not going to be a hundred dollar facial perhaps it's going to be a two hundred dollar facial if that's if that's what you're striving for then you really need to just stay focused on those clients because you don't want the clients that are looking for Groupons and discounts. Absolutely. And, and there are so many times, and I really didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have my prices as high as I should have when I was in San Diego, but so many times people would tell me, you know, I can't afford this and whatever, whatever. And I was following them on Instagram and they would be at Coachella the next weekend. I'm like, right, you can't afford it because you, you're going to Coachella and that's like right. $3,000. Okay. Yes. You know, like yes. people make, tw- of course there are people that really can't afford it and that's a whole different thing, but yes people do make choices with their money and that's if they're just not choosing to spend it on skincare. That's just their choice. Correct. Um, and we don't have to be responsible for their choices and we can totally respect if that's not for them, but we also don't have to change our prices because they want, but they want both. They want to go to Coachella and they want <laughs> cheap skincare. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. This was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to, talk to you actually talk to you because we've talked online all the time 
And I hope we meet in person one day soon. I would love that. Oh, you're so sweet. Absolutely love that. I'm such a fangirl of yours. And so oh, I really oh my appreciate gosh, you. Likewise. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I, I We are working on a Sunday. I know I my mom's babysitting my baby and she's like, what are you doing? You don't work on Sundays. I'm like, I, this is the only time she could call. And so we're doing it. This is what we're doing. I am working. I'm making the exception. But this wasn't work. This was so fun. This was, this was awesome. so fun. Thank you so much, Zaida. I so appreciate your time and, um, and insight. And I know that the listeners will be thrilled with your story. It's awesome. Thank you, Brittany. We'll talk soon. You have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Okay. Bye. I told you. I told you. Could that have been any more fun? Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. Um, Zaida, thank you so much for your time. Um, I love Zaida's approach to business and how she really um, is a business owner first and also a a servant to her clients. And she's so generous with her knowledge and just, gosh, such a great person to know and to learn from. So um, Zaida, I appreciate you so much. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please like it. If you listen to um, Apple podcast, subscribe, and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. Hey, if you are in the space of your business, your business is booming and you are really busy, but you're also completely overwhelmed, working 24-7, have a hard time saying no to clients, have a hard time with cancellation policies and holding boundaries, Maybe you're having a hard time keeping your clients compliant and you are just busy, busy, busy. I am here for you. That is what I do with my estheticians. And I would love to chat with you to see if what I do aligns with what you need in your business. I offer 15 minute free coaching calls where we deep dive into what you need and see if we're a good fit. My next one-to-one group coaching starts on January 10th, 2022. How's that new year already coming? So if you would like to possibly start with me, then go ahead to the link in the show notes or the link in my Instagram profile to book your free consult. And we can see if we're a good fit. I cannot wait to talk to you more.